0: Obvious reasons we keep this place as gloomy as possible. Welcome to Mind Poppers Podcast. <laughs> we are, as a people, people inherently and historically <laughs> opposed to secret societies. Once you get used to these grim surroundings, you'll never leave. Nobody ever does. We continue now with tonight's case conspiracy. Now, now, now. Listen, listen. Welcome back to the Mind Poppers Podcast. You know what? This week has been it's been a wild week in the news and I'm not talking about the mainstream media <laughs> okay because that's not what we, re- we report on here I'm talking about the weird news of the world it's been a very weird weird week in the news and um you know it's it's the news that they're not reporting on the six o'clock news on the RTE okay. You're not seeing it online. You maybe are seeing it in your aunt's WhatsApp chain. Um, but it's just some weirder news, okay? Because no one's reporting on the weird news, you know? The, the important news, if you ask me. Okay, so listen to this, right? An off-duty airline pilot who was riding in an extra cockpit, cockpit seat uh, on, on, her, on Horizon Air, I guess the airline was called. Uh, last weekend. Because you know the way, if you have friends in the, in the aviation industry or whatever, if they're pilots or air stewards, is that what they're called? Um, They have these things on the planes called jump seats, basically, which is not like a proper seat in a row, but it's kind of like a, basically what the air staff, what are they called? Air hostesses? Basically what they sit down on. You know, there's like little fold-out seats from the wall. So sometimes if there's a, a spare one of them on an airplane, and Someone who works in the aviation, aviation industry, you know, has time off, whatever, and they want to travel, they want to t- jump on a flight, then they, you know, might be able to sit on one of these jump seats for, like, the, the free spin and what have you. And this guy was a pilot. So he was actually sitting in the cockpit uh, on a, I guess, a, a jump seat up there in with the actual pilot and co-pilot. This guy, while he is a trained pilot, he was not working that day. He was just there for the free spin, okay? So he was sitting in with them. And then suddenly he blurts out, I'm not okay. That was what was on record. I'm not okay. Just before trying to cut the engines mid-flight. And uh, apparently later on he told police that he'd been struggling with depression. And that's according to the charging document, which were made public on Tuesday. Okay? Now, I love any kind of disaster surrounding a plane I do. You know? Something about... 9-11 9-11 sparked a very morbid curiosity in me. Uh and now I just I eat it up. I just eat it up. A hijacking, a disappearance, anything like that, you know? And I did an episode on Patreon called um what was it called? The the ingestion zone, right? Basically this phenomena of all those people that were getting sucked into into the into the jet engines. Okay? Which it's a surprisingly, we discussed it on the episode, there's a surprisingly large amount of people last year who were getting sucked up into engines, and in that episode, episode I lay out all the things for you, like what you can do, <laughs> do not get sucked up into the jet engine, um, but I do, I love it all, I love it all, I really do, um, now look, May it never happen to me or anyone who listens to this podcast, okay? Because we are, it has to be said, we are the surviving type, okay? And I spoke about this again on an episode before, God knows which one, but one of my biggest toxic traits, you know, and there ain't many of them, but one of the biggest ones is just... hmm, it's, it's a blind confidence that I would survive anything and everything. Like, <laughs> if I get sucked out of uh, the window of a plane, for instance, no parachute, I just know in, in my heart of hearts that I'll be, I'll be rescued by a wedge of swans, okay? And a group of swans in flight is called a wedge, by the way. Okay, a wedge of swans, just so you can take away some culture <laughs> from the episode. Um, and I love as well how the, how the off duty pilot says, I'm not okay. <laughs> as he dives to cut the engines off mid-flight, okay, fucking clearly, you're not okay. He told police later on, like I said, he had been struggling with depression. Now, we have covered, right, a few airplane crashes and mysteries on this podcast so far, you know. You see a lot of the time... Um, when a pilot deliberately tries to crash his own plane, that they may have been working through some sort of major depression. Okay, you see that time and time again. Apparently, there's some sort of stigma around mental health in the, avi- in the aviation industry. I mean, I guess which is fair. Because like, I never want to see my pilot posting something depressing, you know? I don't want to see my, my pilot posting a Lana Del Rey lyric on his Instagram, ever. Ever never want to see Paul Landel Ryder. Firstly, if he did, he might be a little gay. Okay, and gay people can barely drive and have no business in the skies. Okay, <laughs> um, maybe that is stereotyping, but still. Okay, um, and you know, I don't want a pilot. I don't want a pilot who's ever thinking. Sure, what's it all about? What is it all about? I don't ever want my pilot to think that, okay? I need my, again, I need my pilot to have a blind confidence. You know, 100%. <laughs> and, by the way, it's called suicide by pilot. That's the official term, okay? When a pilot, you know, brings his whole plane down. Suicide by pilot. Okay? Don't like it. Um. <clears throat> well, anyway, the state prosecutors in Oregon, which is... Um, I guess the jurisdiction where this this whole thing was going on Um, they filed 83 accounts of attempted murder against he was an Alaskan Airlines pilot Joseph David Emerson that's 83 accounts okay he's 44 Um, now I'm assuming he's getting an attempted murder charge for each passenger okay which I mean that I mean I don't know what he's going to get obviously if he's only being if this is only going to court on Tuesday but I mean, that could be life beyond life. Um, Emerson, right? He told the, the port of Portland police that following his arrest on Sunday, that he had been struggling with depression, that a friend had recently died, and that he had taken psychedelic mushrooms about forty eight hours before he attempted to cut the engines. He also said he had not slept in more than forty hours, according uh, to this document. It sounds like a normal weekend. <laughs> it sounds like a normal weekend for a lot of us. <laughs> And the thing is, we all have to pay for it then, because he's in the horrors. We all have to pay for it, okay? You see, I'm telling you, one dodgy pilot is all it takes, okay? So, what was happening was, he's he's in the cockpit, okay? He's chatting away to the pilot and the co-pilot, and then, out of the blue, he lunges for two red handles um, that would have activated the plane's fire suppression system, which basically would cut off the fuel to the engines, okay, so they struggle in the cockpit, uh, and they get him out of there, okay, I think this, they say the struggle went on for, like, 30 seconds, they overpowered him, whatever, um, so, so they got him out of there, and they drag him down to the back of the plane, right, where they, they tie his hands, I guess, with, like, you know, zip ties or whatever, but they tie his hands to, to the arms of either side of the seat, okay, um. Well, <laughs> if it was anything like the fucking the Ryan air seat that I was on, the fucking left arm was broken off. You know, so he'd be up and at him. Um, but yeah. So look, they they brought him down and they and they tied him or whatever. Now, the plane starts descending because I guess they're doing like an, an emergency landing. Okay, not like they're landing like in the water or whatever. But, like, they're obviously going to the nearest airport. Like, they want to get him out of there or whatever. And, you know, people probably aren't going to be flying that day, or at least on that plane. Um, so when the plane starts descending, right, he then lunges for the emergency exit handle. So obviously he was after breaking free. Okay, maybe it was the Ryanair flying. Um, so he goes then. And that's what I was thinking. That's why I was even thinking about the Ryanair. Because he was going for the emergency exit, which would be an issue for me. Because I always pre-book... The seat closest to the emergency exit because it has the most light room. Okay. Now, like I was saying, if it was anything like the last Ryanair flight that I went on, the broken chair. Okay, and the sunlight bouncing off the engine, right? <clears throat> Directly like off the engine, just the perfect what it was like the perfect angle, whatever. Okay, it was like sacred geometry okay light bouncing off the engine and in the window to like perfectly melt the face off me like I spoke about this before but I was getting a 400 degrees celsius light coming straight in that window and just me as well and it was just on my face um, I got off that flight with melanoma I hate to say it <laughs> um I give up <laughs> if it was that flight and he was there I may have opened the door for him okay uh but you can google it okay suicide by pilot it happens more often than you think okay google it suicide by pilot and it is terrible it is but oh boy do i love a good hijacking movie or a documentary i just love it i love it i really do um no obviously this was just recent so we don't know what he's going to get sentenced to you know it will probably be will will he do jail time i mean Sure, it's, it's absolutely a possibility he's going to be facing 83 counts. Um, but I mean, he'll definitely be banned from aviation. He'll never fly again. Um, well, it, which is what you'd think he'd never fly again. Because I remember we were discussing a story here before about, um, <clears throat> oh, about a, another case of suicide by pilot where he did effectively, he, he did. ...managed to bring the whole plane down and, and kill everybody. And he was just on a, a break, I'm sure, this pilot, I can't remember his name. It was in another episode that we did. But remember, it was something like... He was on a break previously because he was dealing, say, it was suicidal tendencies... ...or suicidal ideology or suicidal whatever. He'd basically been thinking about suicide. Suicide, Id- idealisation, blah, 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 Whatever. Um, so they suspended him for a couple of months. Then he came back. He was deemed like mentally, you know, with it or ready to go. What did he do? He brought the plane down. Okay. So, I mean, there you go. <laughs> now, um, moving on from all that. Okay. In another weird and wild story, there was a nasty smell coming from a building in Colorado this week. Okay, the stank was stanking and it was coming from the family-owned return to nature funeral home okay residents nearby questioned the smell so like the neighbors were smelling it okay the smell was so pungent. coming from this funeral home that the neighbors surrounding area houses whatever were like this is fucking rank okay like what's going on so from what I gather, from what the streets have been saying, is that the neighbours went up to the funeral home and were like, what the fuck is this? Like, the, the place stinks. So the owner then, he came out and he, uh, he apologised and said it was, his, it was his taxidermy hobby. He basically blamed it on his taxidermy hobby, which is taxidermy. I mean, it's like, you know, the people are doing it with the animals, you know, they like preserve the animals. Kind of like the dead bodies and stuff. Kind of like Jeffrey Dahmer stuff. Very like what Jeffrey Dahmer was doing as well. I'm pretty sure he was blaming a lot of it on taxidermy as well. Um, Anyway, I I guess it's not a massive stretch that that some dude has a taxidermy hobby. You know, if he works with dead bodies. Again, they're talking about the funeral home. Not uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Anyway, time goes on. Smell only gets worse. So investigators show up at this property right this week. And they found okay they found small funeral home mind you they found 189 dead bodies in the funeral home okay and like i said this isn't some sort of giant funeral home okay uh it, it was a it was a small funeral home family owned 189 bodies bodies were literally just piled up on piled up on top of each other right and they were just rotting okay, some of the bodies had been there for years, years, the bodies are just lying there, piled up in this little funeral home, <clears throat> and the funeral home was still in operation, it wasn't like an abandoned funeral home or anything, um, so then the FBI had to call like 189 families, and be like, <clears throat> excuse me, and be like, oh but we're just calling to let you know that, you know, your grandma is actually here, Okay, stanking up the neighborhood. Okay, now the families—they were all in a state of shock because they'd already already received their loved ones' ashes from from this funeral home. What should I say their name was? The um was it a return to nature funeral home. So the family are getting called from the FBI, but the, as far as the family were concerned, they are they possess the ashes of their loved ones already. So it's like you know it's not making sense. <clears throat> Well, it turns out that the return to nature funeral homes had been giving the families bag of powdered cement and pretending it was the ashes. Okay, I mean you'd be fucking fuming. You'd be fuming because people go out of their way to like spread their loved one's ashes. You know, people travel across the world to spread the ashes. You know, in a location that have, you know might have meant something to their loved one or the loved one always went to visit. Blah blah blah. And now they're getting a call three years later. That they are still sitting in the funeral home, rotting. Okay, And this trial is only beginning, uh, and the information on the case is still limited so far. So I'm, I'm dying to to see where it goes in terms of how how they explain why they were holding on to 189 bodies. Okay, because we don't know why they they made no excuse, as in like <clears throat> we don't know. Like are they saying that like they couldn't afford it? To, to use the a cremator some of they call it the incinerator like why were they faking the cremation what were they doing with the bodies why were they just letting the bodies pile up we've no answers yet as to to why okay but again this is hasn't even gone to or it's just in the very early stages of court I would imagine it's probably the court case probably hasn't started yet so I, I will hopefully give an update in the future when, when I have more answers okay but 189 bodies. Just lying around in this little funeral home. And no one, no one any better. You know, everyone thinking that they had their family's remains. 189 families did not have their family's remains. Okay? They had a bags men. <laughs> Which is crazy, right? Now, I thought this was interesting, right? Because in January of this year, another two people were up to no good in a funeral home, right? A mother And Daughter Duo, right? They went before the courts because they were running a similar scam. And maybe this will shed some light on what the others were up to, right? They were giving the families fake ashes again and then secretly forging organ donor certs and selling body parts. So Megan was the daughter and Shirley was the mother. Now Shirley is 69 and she was in charge of chopping up the bodies. I think... 26 victims. Now, there was way more than 26 victims, but 26 victims showed up in court, okay, I guess, to testify against them. One of them, a woman named Erin Smith, said, Our sweet mother, they dismembered her, selling her shoulders, knees, and feet for profit. (gasps) They sold this bitches. Her shoulders, her knees, and her feet. Nothing is sacred, okay? And we spoke about the the organ black market before i think on a, on a on a bigger episode when it comes to things like heads arms spines shoulders feet you know basically anything that isn't an organ the market isn't super regulated it's, it's like in, in the united states at least so there's a lot of shady things going on like it's it's illegal to to like Again, for these people to be going and selling kidneys and and eyes and hearts and stuff like that, but it's less heavily again regulated and monitored. You selling other bits of body, basically, which is exactly what they were doing. Okay, um, and it's not just them because <clears throat> there was there was a big study done. I get I'm not sure exactly when it was, maybe a couple of years ago about basically about how this on big unregulated black market of selling bodies was so extensive that they they weren't even able to like make a they weren't able to make any um move of substance as an authorities that would that would even take down like one percent of what was going on it was just again it's just it's the legislation and things like that it's it's crazy basically and right we were doing an episode I think this is on patreon. It was called The Driving Dead. The episode was called The Driving Dead. And it was all about cadavers, right? Or, or dead bodies, um, being used as crash test dummies. So uh, basically, in that episode we were saying when, when if a loved one, you know, opted to say to donate their body to science, then the organs can be removed or whatever, and the, you know, those might go for, for a medical field or whatever. But then the rest of the body's up for grabs. Okay, and people don't know that like, uh, people's loved ones, again, look, whatever, I mean, you're donating your body to science, and science is science, you know, but, like, so, they, they use, sometimes, actual dead bodies, when you take that little box, donate the body to science, your body could end up as a crash test dummy, okay, like, a real, when they're testing out carrots, and they're testing out, you know, seatbelts, and, like, airbags, and, you know, what happens to the human body, when it, like, travels at a velocity of blah, 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 and hits a concrete wall, that kind of a thing, which, I mean, I guess, is, is, is as noble as anything to you know for your body to be donated to but again it's like you know you like oh grandma donated her body to science and she's going she's going 90 down the motorway okay and you don't even know it um but yeah there's more on that episode but not to get into that but yeah it's just crazy like the, the organs the the market and the industry for dead bodies, you have no idea, you've actually no idea, it's crazy, um, but it, I mean, look, terrible though, back to the, back to what we're talking about, it's terrible, like, they're faking cremations, charging the family for it, and then, oh, surely going at it with the axe, okay, like, there are some real spooky people out there, you know, you watch horror movies, and you watch TV shows, and all that, the, the monsters are very real, you know, they're real, okay, So, prosecutors, in this case, said that this mother and daughter duo, they lied to over 200 families, okay, who received um, cremated ashes, right, from bins mixed with the remains of different cadavers. So, they were getting getting a lucky bag. They were getting a fun bag of dead bitches, okay? You know, you were going to collect your poor mother, your father, you know, whoever, whomever's ashes, and you were getting, like, 70 people in a bag, You know, these two, I feel like it's just to to have the sheer audacity to do it and not give a fuck, you know, and to do it over to at least 200 families like this mother and daughter. Okay. Like they are, they're really winning the I don't give a fuck war. Okay. Because they don't just chopping bitches up, giving fake bags of ashes out. Like, they are really on their grind, you know? Like, just imagine. Again, it's just the neck, the audacity. The, like, Megan handing over the fake ashes to, like, the bereaved family, being like, I'm so sorry for your loss. And then, oh, Shirley in the back, hacking off Nana's trotters and send them to some freak. It's crazy. It's truly crazy. I would be, and I'm going to finish up now, but I would be... Fuming, I'd be fucking fuming, right? If I ended up there, up in there, for my own funeral, okay? Like Cheryl taking me from the shins down. <laughs> oh my god, I would never beat the five-seven allegations, <laughs> and they'd probably give me like two peg legs just to fill out the coffin. You know, like I'd actually have the loudest ghost. <laughs> I'd never be able to spook someone, okay? Like, imagine me dragging those two-by-fours up the stairs. (laughs) Everybody would know that I'm coming. Uh, Anyway, until that day, until then, you can join us over on Patreon for new, longer, uncut-for-your-pleasure episodes every Saturday. (laughs) In the meantime, stay woke. Even on a budget...